bald and balding people and welcome back to those bald picks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Paige, and i'm here with Kristen and our 10th guest karen dayhoff she first started getting alopecia symptoms at five years old and then it progressed to universalis at 10 she is also an awesome social worker who works with immigrant trafficking victims and is doing amazing and extremely noble work and we literally cannot applaud you enough because I know a couple social workers and I know how tough and a lot of work it can be so that's awesome we are so excited to have you here thank you yeah you're welcome so go ahead and take us through your alopecia journey thus far sure man alopecia I would say it's like (laughs) it's like one of the defining factors of my life really I think without it there's no way I would be where I am today I started having symptoms when I was five. I don't really remember it besides my parents telling me about it. I had like a quarter dollar size patch, half dollar, whatever the bigger than a quarter coin is. I had a patch in the back of my head and I do remember using some sort of odd smelling red shampoo to bring the hair back and it came back and no other issues after age five until it was age 10 or 11, whatever age you are in between fifth and sixth grade. I do remember that. I woke up one morning getting ready for church and I brushed my hair and I felt like half of it was in the sink. Oh, wow. And I was terrified. I had right. no idea what was going on. And by the time I got my mom to be like, Mom, go look in the sink. Like something is weird. Someone had already picked up the hair and thrown it away. And so there wasn't oh. like a way to show it. how much hair had actually fallen out. Right. And I would say, man, within a couple months, All of my hair had fallen out. Eyebrows, eyelashes, my entire body. Not that I had a lot of hair on my body at that point anyways. I was young still, but I had no hair. And it was very traumatic. I had just moved to a new school the year before. And it's middle school. Like middle school sucks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're the hottest girl in the class or the most hideous person in the class, whatever, the nerdiest person. Middle school just sucks for everyone. Yep. And so here I was, brand new school and looking like craggly, like what's that gremlin looking thing on Lord of the Rings? Like the one that Smeagol. has like a little. Yeah. Yes. Beagle. That's literally, I was skinny. I was bony. I had little scraggles of hair <laughs> everywhere that I refused to cut off. And of um, I look back and I'm like, mom, why didn't you just shave the rest of it off? It was terrible. But that's when I remember like really freaking out about the whole thing. And it really affected me socially at that point. I was going to say, um, how did the kids respond? So luckily, I don't know who came up with this idea, but I was in a smaller Christian school at that point. So classes were smaller. You kind of knew everyone. Um, And so before I went into the sixth grade classroom for the first time, someone had told me to go ahead and write out like sort of an anecdote of what was happening with me to share with the other kids that like, they couldn't catch what I had, that it wasn't contagious, that I wasn't hurting, that I just looked different. And if they had questions, they could ask, but we wanted to tell everyone like, she doesn't have cancer. She, you wanted to like, 
make sure all the kids in the class knew she's okay. She just yeah. doesn't have hair. Right. And we almost like don't like, treat her like she's sick. Like she's yeah, fine. I mean, I wasn't. And right. easier to tell the whole class than to have everyone asking questions repeatedly. Absolutely. Um, and so that was actually probably one of the nicest things I remember, like, as far as that journey went of telling people, that was a really good idea. Whoever came up with it, I don't know if it was my teacher or my parents or whoever, like, that's how we ended up telling everyone in the class. And people really accepted me in public is where I struggled most because people would mistake me for a boy. And oh. I did not like that. I mean, granted, yeah. I look back at pictures oh, and I was gonna I, say being young I didn't even think about that I guess being a little kid too I mean yeah. you're you haven't really developed yet you're just a little kid you know so yeah. people mistaking you for that I I didn't even think about that because I didn't get it when I was a kid so okay yeah it, it was tough I mean looking back I'm wearing a Nike ball cap and like basketball clothes so like yeah. the people weren't wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little boy. <laughs> but I hated that I hated that because that age is when boys and girls start like separating and like yep. they start liking girls and like it's that whole dynamic of oh there's different genders and we're, you know like it yep. you don't even think about it earlier on in life and so I really struggled with that I think it was for almost three years I went through like I feel like every treatment back I mean that was back in the day that was like what 1995 that shows how old I am but like 1995 1997 like yeah I was doing whatever treatments were around back then I tried them all and some with success like I remember I had prednisone it brought back my hair very quickly but it also brought on an ulcer and some other like oh. terrible side effects and so as soon as I took myself off the prednisone all the hair fell back out. Yeah. And that process of like it coming in and back out was really tough because all you wanted was to be normal. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had the and same thing, the prednisone. Yeah, full head of hair. Mm -hmm. The moment I went off of it, nope, gone. Yeah. It didn't really matter how many shots you took or anything. It was just like, what the heck? And prednisone made me like blow up to be like a, like my face was like whaleish. I was like, what is happening? So yeah. I was like just retaining so much water. I never stopped eating on prednisone ever. I know, right? Never. Wild, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember specifically going to a buffet once and like if my parents didn't drag me away, like I never would have stopped eating. <laughs> it's like, like that one meme. I was gonna, gonna say do? it's like that one meme where I don't remember who it is but they're just like pushing food into their mouth yeah, that's literally <laughs> how I felt and even after leaving after eating all of that I was like not satisfied it was such a bizarre experience wow, but, but yeah that's super bizarre yeah. I, I don't think I've heard of that I didn't ever take oral medication but I've heard things like that where I'm like oh my mm -hmm. gosh I don't know if I ever would because of all the side effects steroids are so difficult they're yeah. like really bad for you that's something that really kind of bothers me well I can get into that later but <laughs> it kind of bothers me how parents are like putting their kids on these medicines when they aren't necessarily understanding all the side effects and maybe the kids don't right. even care as much that they don't have hair it's the parents that care more than the kids that really bothers me not that my parents were doing that to me I really wanted hair but I wished that maybe I would have been talked through a little more that like having no hair was okay and that it wasn't just like this okay let's try and get her hair Right. Um, I was going to say the same thing, too, with you being so young and people out in public mistaking you for a boy. I feel like as a kid, you're like, 
whoa, so because I don't have hair that my identity is completely different than what I am. So that in itself just made you think other things, that hair was part of being a girl. And I think that's so sad to me because growing up, you probably kept thinking that like, oh my gosh, I I need hair to be a girl and everybody's mistaking me to be a boy. That's just so heartbreaking to me. So I, I, I feel like a lot of parents should absolutely do research. I mean, me being an adult, I didn't even research what I was doing, like what I was yeah. getting. The shots in my head, never even looked it up. I was just like, because yep, you trust give me the hair. people that are yep. like that have taken the dermatology degrees to give you the right answers, yep. not just right. push medication on you, which is the same as our, you know, like doctors. They're just yeah. like, let's just treat the symptoms, and it's like, no, 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 let's get to the root cause and actually figure this out. But, right? Yeah. That's totally a agree. whole other issue. I know. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? We're not getting into it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Oh, it's so tough. But yeah, I did all the treatments. I did the cortisone injections. I did, I don't know what it's called now, but it was Puva is what it was called. You like painted this medicine on your head and then you went into this like standing up tanning bed and you oh. were in the tanning bed for like 17 seconds and whatever they had put on your head like reacted with the ultraviolet light and that actually oh, worked wow. for me really yeah. interesting i think that's mm-hmm. the first time we've heard of this mm-hmm. page heard of like the caps with the yeah, uv, the UV cap yeah but maybe it's think... progressed to the uv cap this yeah, was back in the day true. remember <laughs> yeah yeah right you were little and it was in the 90s we gotta keep remembering that exactly <laughs> tanning beds were all the rage back then so they were all the rage <laughs> yeah right oh man were they really the rage i remember being a teenager and being like tanning beds are my best friend and now i regret that so much <laughs> now i'm like never in the sun i'm pale i'm like scared of the sun Um, So we're going to jump into some questions. Kristen's going to start it off. Sure. So first one, what was the hardest hurdle for you to jump when it came to your hair loss? Oh, I would say there's two, probably like when I was that young middle school age, like I wanted to wear a wig so badly, but none of them looked real. And so the hurdle of trying to decide, do I wear one or do I not? And then once I got it, I hated it because it just looked like a helmet on my head. So that, was, ah, that was mine too. My yeah, first like that, experience was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really tough. And I remember a kid like pulled it off in front of everyone once and ran around with it. And like oh. that experience was really tough. But I would say probably the hardest was as an adult, my partner at the time was very much into me looking like a woman, which meant having hair. And I didn't have hair at the time. And so like being sort of not forced, but like encouraged to wear wigs. And so I hid for a very long time under wigs. And that like did a lot to my psyche, of course. And then finally, like deciding I'm not going to wear these anymore. Like, that's not really who I am. I hate feeling like I'm hiding. I hate feeling like can someone tell this is a wig or, you know, I would forget I was a teacher. It's actually kind of humorous. I was a teacher and I forgot like year to year, new students come in the school. Like my old students knew I had alopecia. And so I'd change hairstyles like every other day, (laughs) but my new students that came in for the year would be like, um, short hair yesterday. Like, that's not how that works. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, what? Like every other day. So that was like a humorous aspect, but I will, that was really hard to finally like decide myself. Like, no, I'm not. I mean, that partner was no longer in my life, which made it easier to like, yeah, right. Not wear wigs anymore because it was finally my decision. Um, mm-hmm. But that was like a really tough 
journey. I can't imagine. Yeah. So before that relationship happened, were you pretty open about it and like not really wearing wigs? So oddly enough, my hair came back. I was like 14 and then I never had big issues until I was in my mid 20s. Oh, wow. I had hair for like almost 10 years, I would say, with little spots here and there that they would just do cortisone injections. And then right around the time I was about to get married. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, it all decided to leave. Had to wear a wig for my wedding, which I hated. Actually, it looked way better than my regular hair would have ever looked. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I got to do it the night before. I didn't have to do it the day off. But it was it was a struggle for sure. Yeah. Because I feel like when you have hair loss, you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to feel what you're comfortable with. I mean, it's taken, it's still a thing for me trying to find like what I'm comfortable with. So to have someone in your life that is supposed to be your partner and support you through everything, kind of telling you like, no, this is how you should do it. Oh, that hurts my heart. Yeah. So I can't imagine how hard that was for you. Yeah, that was really rough. And yeah, yeah, that was really rough. (laughs) I bet. I know we always make sure to ask like, how was dating with alopecia? Because, you know, a lot of people that we have had on have husbands or are with partners. So they haven't really dealt with that. But we're always so curious of how other people respond to it. Because like Kristen's been with her partner for a long time. And like I've been with Damon for a while. So we're always so curious to have how other people view alopecia like new to it and if you talk about it when you first start dating did you like are you with anybody now yeah I'm with someone now who like he didn't even ever ask why I didn't have hair really he doesn't care he actually prefers me he's seen me in pictures with wigs and he's like why I prefer you bald like you look (laughs) so much like yeah you're way more natural bald like you just look so much happier which I really am and I, I mean I've dated off and on here and there and I think I think for some people, and this is mainly online dating, like I think I weed a lot of people out who just aren't interested. Now, I have had some people that it seems like they're just interested because I'm bald and they just kind of want to yeah. know, like, it's not, I hate the word fetish, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just I know like, what you mean. this is an interest of mine. It's a little uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But for the most part, people I've dated have been very, like, they like my personality and the, the bald part is just like a secondary thing. And That's they so may great. ask about it, but in general, I haven't found it to be a barrier, but probably because I'm, I don't know if online dating is different than real world dating, but <laughs> I think like when people see your picture and I mean, they can choose themselves whether they introduce themselves or not. So I feel like it weeds a lot of people out. Like yeah, if that's not absolutely. their thing, then they're not going to reach out and right. that's fine. Absolutely. I know we're always so curious about that too, because it is different in the real world and online. I mean, like you could be in wigs in all of your pictures, you know, and like that person could not know. So there probably are alopecians out there that don't want to say it yet and just want to like feel how the person is. Because I feel like that's true. It took me a while to tell Damon. I wanted to see what kind of person he was. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that would be much more difficult. Yeah. Oh um, God, yes. Because <laughs> I was hiding, hiding it. Wigs and then having to, yeah, like yeah. hiding it, I think would be so much more difficult. 
Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine doing it that way. Right. Honestly. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm so impressed with people that have alopecia that are like, Hey, I have it. And I'm rocking my ball. Cause I'm like, that's so much more simple than hiding it <laughs> and from people. And like, even in the real world, if I wear wigs, I'm almost weirdly like, should I tell people I have alopecia? <laughs> because I'm thinking like, what if they know, or what if they know it's a wig? You know what I mean? So I'm always yeah. like on the verge of just like yelling it at someone. <laughs> Yeah. Do you get people complimenting your wigs? I used to get all that the time. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like your hair is so beautiful. I'm like, yes, I because it's them. a wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would just yep. be like, well, it's a wig. Yep. So it is not my hair. Like, where do you get your I hair done? Exactly. <laughs> wigs actually have way more volume than my real hair did. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. I always say that. It's so funny too. When, when my husband hears people say that he's like, you want to you want to scream at them and be like it's a wig here you want it and I'm like <laughs> yeah, no no exactly. I don't want to do that <laughs> I can send you the link <laughs> yeah yeah right let, let me DM you right now the link. um yeah. but all right go ahead Kristen I know we got all a million right. more questions I know all right in what ways do you advocate and or spread awareness about alopecia I think just being bald and being out there um I'm super vocal on social media not necessarily about alopecia, but I'm just like out there. Like I just am a person who likes to encourage others. I used to use alopecia a lot more when I first stopped wearing wigs. Since then, like, well, I'm sure we'll get into more like my job and all of that. I more advocate towards those things versus alopecia. I don't feel like alopecia defines me as much as what it did a few years ago. Yeah. In fact, I forget all the time I have it. Like until a little kid stares at me for way too long, like then I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have hair. Like it right. finally like registers, like why is that kid staring at me? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but I will say once I went to like a cookout for children's alopecia project oh, and I yeah. spoke at a little cookout for people in the area. So I have done some advocacy work like back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that like, I really just shout out that I have alopecia anymore because it really is just like, a small piece of who I am now versus like yeah. it really defined me um probably like 10 years ago it was like my defining factor yeah um, and that has shifted a little bit yeah as yeah. as does life I mean that makes uh -huh. sense though because you're way more comfortable to it to where it's just like not a thing you talk about because it's just who you are you know what I yeah. mean so it yeah. just doesn't become the topic of conversation because people just know you to not right. have hair. So I think that's powerful. I think that's I awesome. think so too. Yeah, that's, I think yeah. that's where a lot of us want to get to, right? That's like the end goal for a lot of alopecians is just to get rid of the wigs. The hot weather, like the spring, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm ready to pitch this. I am over it. So I feel like that is definitely the end goal for people. So that's inspiring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely get there. I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm not patiently waiting for it. I am eager to get there. <laughs> Chomping at the bit. Little yeah. by little. little yeah, right. Bit. Do you have any moments throughout your hair loss journey that make you laugh, like knowing that things are easier now or any embarrassing moments? Oh, are... yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, like, like I said, when I was a teacher, I did not like announce that I had alopecia necessarily. People knew I wore wigs, whatever, but I remember once during a presentation that some of my students were giving, I like leaned back in my chair and I literally pushed my wig up from like my collar pushed <laughs> the wig up and it wasn't very secure. So it just fell straight into the floor. Oh, no. And at that point I was like a wig wearer. So like this was yeah. semi embarrassing to me, but like we literally all laughed. And <laughs> it was like such a good moment for me that my students just 
loved, they loved the moment along with me and they didn't judge me and they didn't care. Yeah. I think also um, some of my students would try on my wigs. <laughs> um, male students in particular who thought it was hilarious. Cute. Just some moments where like, I felt very accepted by the very people that, I mean, students judge their teachers hardcore, especially oh, high school yeah. students. So the fact that yeah. they were not being super judgy and were accepting, like that helped me a lot. That helped encourage me. Yeah, I, that's a special yeah. moment because it's like, oh, yeah. I guess people don't really care, you know, instead right. of like having to worry about it. I, oh, yeah. Got, yeah gotta they love know kids. who you are. Yeah, gotta love kids. They're so unpredictable. Like that mm-hmm. could have either gone either way. And I'm so happy that it went the right way. Yes. It was silent there for a few seconds and yeah, right. I started giggling. <laughs> Everyone else lost it. Yep. So. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. She's laughing at it. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> That's too cute. So talking about, you know, your, your professional life too, mm-hmm. um, have you faced any challenges in your professional or even your personal life when it comes to hair loss, either back then or currently? Yeah, so I don't know. Sometimes I do wonder if interviews, possibly, I don't get jobs because of not having hair. I do know when I interviewed for a different job with a school, they did ask me, like, what are you going to say to the kids when they ask why you don't have hair? Because I wasn't wearing wigs at that time. And I was dealing with a high turnover of kids in that school. It wasn't like a normal, like they're in the school for a year, you know, they were in and out, in and out. And they were like, so what are you going to tell kids? Because they're going to ask questions. So that was an interesting, I thought, almost insulting question to ask in the interview. Like, why does it matter? Right. Like, why are you bringing this up during my interview? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit odd. And if it would have kept me from getting the job, like that would not have gone over well with me, which is why I felt like, why are you even asking the question in the first place? If it doesn't mean I'm not going to get the job or I am going to get the job, then why is it relevant? Why is it relevant? So that was weird. But personally, like not recently, it hasn't been a challenge. I mean, I guess the biggest challenge was like being with my partner. I felt like I was hiding who my true identity was. Sure. Now I don't I think it's more of an asset than yeah. anything negative or anything that brings me a challenge. I mean the greatest challenge is that it's cold in the winter and I have to wear beanies. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Finding a, a warm enough beanie. Yeah, right. It's off at night and then you're like, Where's my cold? You wear it at night too? Oh my goodness. I'm like freezing. <laughs> Wow, I, you I'm have, in Canada. It's minus forty up here. Sometimes. You have to get the heat locker kind. Heat lockers. Get them. <laughs> heat Those lockers. are really good. They they are so warm. That's you the only one. Everyone heat lockers. Heat lockers. Yeah. Heat lockers. Come sponsor us. <laughs> Come on in and swoop in and give us some free beanies. Exactly. So, with knowing and meeting so many kids, have you met any kids with alopecia? Ooh, great question. I have met people with alopecia. I worked in Starbucks before and I met a client. I mean, not a client. I'm used to working with clients. I met <laughs> I a, met customer. a customer. That's the right <laughs> word for Starbucks people. I met a customer who had alopecia. Um, I have through the years met a lot of people with alopecia, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And, and people will reach out to me through Facebook or whatever. And if their child is going through alopecia or someone they know is going, they'll they'll put me in touch with them because they know I'm very open about it. So yeah. they know it's not going to offend me to talk to someone else who's going through the same thing. Yeah. So, so that goes back to her advocacy about alopecia. Yep. That's absolutely. Absolutely. An yep. Let's that. add that to the list because that yeah. is definitely <laughs> advocacy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I totally forgot I do that. <laughs> My life so is awesome advocacy. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> just the walking billboard for alopecia. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Without saying I have alopecia. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I think that's awesome though, because I feel like the more people that know other people with alopecia, then it just helps parents. It helps other people. You're a person mm-hmm. to reach out to. Um, so I think that's awesome. I'm always so curious about people that meet so many people like teachers and social workers and stuff like that. Like, have you met alopecians? Cause you see more people than the normal person yeah. does, you know? I so. actually have, oddly enough, I have a second cousin who, ha- no, a first cousin who has it and two of her children out of nine have it. Whoa. There has wow. to be some sort of genetics in there somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. actually curious. I've never looked into if anybody in my family, like in the past has had alopecia. I know nobody does now, but like, yeah. I'm curious to know if that's in my DNA or genes or something like that, you know? I'm yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I'm like, right. this is not coincidence that there's four of us, my dad's side of the family that have it. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's wild. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. All right. We have a couple more questions. One of our favorite ones too is why do you think hair loss is underrepresented? Hmm. Can you expound a bit? What do you mean by <laughs> yeah. underrepresented? So mainly we've seen, obviously most alopecians have seen that when it comes to bald people, women, men, a lot of people think we have cancer. They don't really mm. think of alopecia. They don't know of alopecia. I mean, the biggest thing that happened recently was the Jada Oscar incident. Yeah. So a lot of people knew about it. So like underrepresented in the way of like kind of looked at as negative. Or if there is a bald role in a movie or something, it's always negative or the person is sick or there's Mm -hmm. never like an empowering person that has no hair. Yeah, that's, man, that's very true. I think even further, you see it maybe not as much now. I remember growing up, though, super underrepresented in insurance coverage, like coverage for treatments and coverage for wigs because it's just alopecia. Yeah, that's a big thing. I feel like that's still a struggle now. Okay, I was like, I haven't... Yeah. sought treatment in a really long time so I don't know but <laughs> yeah I mean I do that annoys me <laughs> like that's why I love GI Jane and people like that like I I love when people refer to me as GI Jane like thank you <laughs> yeah. she's a badass woman yeah, she's a like, badass yeah absolutely yeah like I definitely want to be portrayed like her if that's how you think of me that's awesome but I think it's hard I think it's hard too because the symptomology or whatever that word is, the symptoms of like chemo make you bald. And so it's hard for people to differentiate and cancer is so prevalent and people who don't know about alopecia just won't be able to differentiate it. Yep. And I don't think it's ever meant to be negative towards us. And I think when people think we have cancer, first of all, it has gotten me some great benefits like I have gotten (laughs) free drinks I have gotten meals paid for like if people want to think whatever they think I have and they want to pay for my meal thank you like if you don't have the balls to come ask me a question about why I don't have hair please spend your money on me that is perfectly fine your ignorance free drinks my way yeah (laughs) exactly that's awesome that's actually a really interesting take too because Mm -hmm. I never really thought that I mean I'm pretty sure 99.9% of people know of cancer. Um, So one of the main side effects of cancer is losing your hair. So I never really thought of it in that way because I kind of have just always thought about it as an alopecia, you know? Um, I would be interested if I could go back in time to see how I was before I got alopecia. 
like what I thought in in regards to like hair loss and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I did not pay attention, had no idea what alopecia was, nor would I have ever looked it up. Yeah, like for me as an alopecia, I see people without hair and I'm like, oh yeah, that's alopecia. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or oh yeah, they probably are going through chemo. Like it's easier. Still not, you know, I'm sure yeah. I wouldn't get a hundred percent score if I had to, you know, pick it out in a line or whatever. But I think because we're aware of what alopecia is, that helps us to be more open to it being just alopecia or whatever. Absolutely. But I don't take offense. Like if someone thinks I have cancer, I will kindly explain to them that that's not what it is. And it gives me an opportunity to tell them it's alopecia and that spreads awareness. And so that's great. Right. It's just an opportunity to spread awareness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more of my friends that know I have it, the more of them that come to me and are like, I saw this person and they have alopecia <laughs> too. Yeah, right. and they get all excited because then they're like, I have two people now that have it. And I'm like, yeah, good. <laughs> they're just collecting alopecians that they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, are great some people, of the best so. people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Toot our own horns. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I know you talked earlier about your job and kind of wanting to give us some info on that. So I'd love to hear about your job. Yeah, sure. So I work as an advocate for trafficking survivors. They're all foreign born. They have either been labor trafficked or sex trafficked, and I help get them settled once they're here in the United States. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough job. Um, I do speak Spanish. And so I mainly work with Spanish speaking young adults and minors and I just help them with life. Uh, I'm not, I can be a therapist, but I don't do therapy work right now, but I just help them getting registered for school. I try and just be their soft place to land. I will help them if they need food and clothing and just support and whatever it is that they need. I have a lot of teenage moms that I work with, which I love. Um, all the little babies, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I do. I love the work and I love being able to help people. And I think it's also cool to be an alopecia helping those people. Like probably your empathy comes out. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I have a lot of empathy anyways, which I think is why I'm in the work that I'm in, but I think having alopecia does help with empathy as well. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. My mom was a teacher, and I know she worked with social workers at her job, too. We talk about it all the time, how it takes a special person to be a social worker, because it's just such tough work, or it can be tough work. Oh, yeah. And it takes someone that can be empathetic and loving and just have the biggest heart because a lot of people wouldn't be able to do social work because it's, it can get sad. And, you know, it's just mentally draining. Oh. Oh yeah. So I can't, I can't (laughs) tell you how, how great it is to know you because of that. Um, and that you're helping people, especially the people that you're helping. I mean, they've already had a rough go at life. So yeah, you're probably helping them go through one of the toughest times that they're going to have in their lives. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a pretty big job to step into. Yep. Yeah. And that's why like my, my bigger dream in the grand scheme of all of it is I have this YouTube channel I've started, but I want to create a community on an online community where people can help each other. And the YouTube channel is part of that, but I'm realizing how many people I know that don't have a social worker that need a social worker, but there's not like this caveat that they fit into yeah. where they can get into an organization like the one I work for. Sure. And so it's like, okay, well, if my YouTube channel can help someone find X, Y, and Z, I can sort of be a social worker to the masses 
yeah, right. a little bit because I do get the same questions over and over and over. And I'm like, man, I feel badly that I'm not their social worker, but it's not within the parameters of what my program allows or whatever. Right. So trying to create avenues to where people have more access to things that social workers help them with, but they don't necessarily have to be connected with a certain organization. Incredible. Incredible work. (laughs) You are wildly impressive. I feel like, yeah, I feel like too, um, in regards to hair loss, like, or life in general, you are the end goal to it all. I mean, like you're helping, (laughs) you're helping people alopecians you're helping people in your professional job as a social worker like man I'm gonna start crying <laughs> like that's honestly that I feel like that's the whole point of life like what you are doing is the point of life helping people I feel yeah. like honestly that kind of work is what this is all for you know like yeah if if not anything like we should help our neighbors we should help people that are in need so I love it yeah. I think you, you are incredible. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Something else. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> this, I think, is a perfect question because maybe, you know, the best resource out there would also be able to give us what are the best resources or people that have helped you along your journey? So with alopecia, friends, definitely friends and family. I have a few close friends that have been with me from the beginning, from when I was that little sixth grade new girl in school. And still see each other multiple times a year and have girls weekends and still have inside jokes about my alopecia and things (laughs) like that. So I think the fact that they've been with me through it all, um, they were with me through my divorce and the man that, you know, the man that was like, you should wear wigs, you know, they were with me through that whole thing. I think, I mean, obviously faith has also played a huge part in why I am where I am now in regards to alopecia. I think I could have gone a lot of different ways with it. In fact, when I first started experiencing like the universalis, that, you know, like I was very much struggling even as a 10 year old, like, God, why are you making this happen to me? You know, like very angry. Um, You'd be angry at whatever. It doesn't have to be God, but it's like the bigger, the bigger power. You are no longer in control of your life. And at the age of 10, you feel like you're kind of, nothing really bad has ever happened. Yeah, because you're a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first really bad thing that had ever happened to me. So I like questioned a lot through that, but Yeah, I mean, I would say faith for sure as well. But in general, like, it's hard for me, because for me, I'm so focused on who I am on the inside, that I found more challenges on like, this thing needs to change on the inside of me versus like trying to change the outside or be okay with the outside. Um, I mean, we all have our own struggles, like, oh, I wish this cellulite wasn't there. Or, you know, I wish (laughs) these love handles were smaller. But I think I I focus so much more on the inside of myself and like the things I need to change in that aspect versus like the outside. And I think that's the thing that draws people to me. And because I'm not so focused on the, oh, are they noticing I'm bald? Did they think I have cancer? I think that like almost even limits it for the people that see me. Like they don't see me as their bald friend. They see me as Karen. And I've been told that many times. You're not my friend with alopecia. You're just Karen. And so I think for a lot of us, if we can get over that hump of alopecia identifying us, we all let things identify us, whether it's alopecia or our weight or our height or our job, whatever. Like, I think if we can let those beautiful things inside of us thrive and those be the things that define us, like, I think that is so much more important than I'm a girl with alopecia or I'm a boy with alopecia or whatever, you know? So I think, I think that's like a resource for me is just 
focusing on the inner inner parts of myself versus the outer. I am holding back crying. <laughs> Man, Don't laugh. this is crying. something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> because that literally just spoke to me because it Aww. is so true how, I mean, I'm guilty of it too, still to this day. I mean, today probably I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I've gained too much weight. Like I need to start going to the gym and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I wish I didn't think like that. I hate that I think like that. Because when I look at everything but my body or what I look like, I like who I am. And that's why it's so wild to me is because, like, I like the person I am, but I don't like the the vessel, the skin person that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, uh-huh. that's why it's so tough for me because it's like I don't hate myself and I know I don't hate myself. But why is it so hard for me to just not focus on what I look like and... I wish more people looked on the inside because that would be a really happy life, you know? Yeah. You can still work (laughs) on the outside, though, and it be helping the inside, right? Because if you're working out to be healthy versus working out to look a certain way, that's totally different as well. And I'm guilty of working out to look good in a bathing suit or whatever, right? right? We all have (laughs) those things, but... Yeah, that I just think I, I try and focus more on the inside because that's where I have more influence anyways. Absolutely. I can have a rockin' body, but that's not going to help people. Like 100%. 100%. A rockin' body oh, also right. does not mean you are a great person because on the no. inside, you could be absolute crap. So exactly. Very true. Yep, yep. Absolutely. All right. Besides that piece of advice, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone new to hair loss or possibly regressing in their journey right now? For me, it would be once you know you have alopecia and you feel like your hair is all going to fall out, shave it, shave it. Do not let yourself go through the journey of watching every single piece on your pillow, in your sheets, in your shower, in your car. So you shave it don't off. have the Smeagol straggle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smeagol look isn't good, girls and boys. <laughs> shave it off. <laughs> Even I've even coached some of my friends that have chemo and are losing their hair. I've just coached them like it is so much more traumatizing to find hair every single day for whatever span of time you're losing it than it is just to shave it. Just shave it. Have fun with it. Shave weird designs in your head. Take pictures as you do it. Like let it be a journey. Grieve it as well. Like that sucks. But for me, it sucked way more to see the remnants of alopecia strewn all through my house versus like. Here it all is. It's in the trash. It's done. Yeah. My trauma of hair loss comes from me keeping my hair, like holding on to my hair. That is where my trauma is because it's like I held on to the last strands. I really did. I was holding on to them and I was like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Clip in some extensions. Everything's going to be fine. And I feel like that went on for so many years. And the second I shaved it, it was like, why didn't I do this? The first strand of hair that fell out. Why didn't I shave Mm -hmm. my head? So I agree tenfold on that. Honestly, people listening to this that haven't shaved it, it could be a huge step where they're sitting there like, I can't do that. But it's so wild that when you do, instantly you feel better. Like in seconds, you're like, oh. Why didn't I do that sooner? I feel so much better. I feel more beautiful because I'm not looking mm-hmm. at straggly hairs. So, yep, I agree. And it's a, it's a form of acceptance, right? It's a form of acceptance of this is happening to me. Yep. I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to accept that it's happening. It sucks. But yep. 
it's it's one more step closer to like, all right, this is my lot right now. This is what I've been right. given. I'm going to go with it. Yep. Yeah. It's just one step closer to the end goal, which, yeah. which I'm going to start saying one step closer to the end goal being Karen. Because oh, he, he is the end goal for all of us. Oh, goodness. No, no, no. <laughs> I want our podcast on all my flaws. Too, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring my boyfriend to that one. He can help. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here. We do a little chick bit at the end, and I kind of uh, went gross with this one. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> Dead skin cells are the main ingredient in household dust. According to researchers, that. humans shed around 200 million skin cells each hour. Ooh. Ew. Yeah, that's, Ew. <laughs> that's pretty gross too. Dogs too. So it's probably a match between skin cells Dog and hairs. fur. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and and dog skin cells yep. too. Yeah. Probably because they got the dandruff. Yeah. Dandruff. yeah. Gross. Oh, sorry, guys. So okay. get those sorry. air purifiers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much. We loved yeah, having you here. You. And you honestly thank said you. incredible stuff. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, helped me. There's some of the stuff that I've been working through. So thank you so oh, much. Good. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Anyone can always reach out to me. You can put my contact information in the description, whatever. Will. Like I'm always an open book for whoever needs help. No, absolutely. No yeah. That's we will perfect. put all your stuff in the description because you have been awesome. And I know people thank are going to want to reach out, especially because I know another alopecia that is a social worker. So she'll probably reach out to you too. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so That's much. Great. Yeah, thank you all. This was great. Okay. Yeah. You guys want to get a hold of us? You can email us at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links to everything you need will be in our direct me, which you'll be able to find in this episode description. Until next time, guys. Bald Pack out.